Hello and welcome to another episode of the American Scousers podcast. I am Gally and I am here in Massachusetts. I'm joined tonight with Jamie. Jamie, how are we doing? Not too bad, mate. Thanks. Excellent. And from Knoxville, Tennessee, we have Chris Strain. Chris, how are we? How's it going, boys? Good, man. Going well. I mean, another trophy in the cabinet. We oh, decided to nice. kick off the first podcast in March, which what better way to do it than put three Irish guys on a podcast together. Two from Ireland yes, yes. and one who is just 75% Irish, but born here in the States. So you'll uh, you'll be able to understand at least one of us on this podcast, and it probably <laughs> won't be me by the end. Hey, t- two boys from the, the very county of St. Patrick himself. Yeah. Love it. And that's why it was perfect as we march here, as we march towards more tropes. <laughs> so before we get going, it was a fun start and a good open. We're going to start here as we like to do on Thursdays with Jamie's LFC News. That is right, Red. 60 seconds, get the stopwatches out and go. So first off this week, a couple of big hitters. We had the quarterfinal draw. I was made today and we will face the winner of either Forest or Huddersfield. Also today, big news, the Champs League's new format has been confirmed. Uh, moving on, it's been a busy few days for Arsadio as he has now racked up 250 appearances and got himself nominated for Goal of the Month. Well done, him. But uh, news on Sunday for the old at heart there is that Millie became the oldest Red in Wembley, to feature in Wembley. That's 22 days older than King Kenny was the last time he was out. And speaking of the King, Jurgen Klopp has also recently eclipsed the legend himself, King Kenny, with 223 wins in 21 fewer managerial games. It's also his first foray into the FA Cup quarters. Go on, Jurgen. Do us all proud, mate. Um, whilst we're on first, it's the first time we've beaten a team four times in a season, Reds. Unbelievable. But lastly, since 2020, Taki Minamino himself has scored nine goals in domestic comp competition as more than double any other Liverpool player in that time. Up the record, breaking Reds. Let's go. Thank you, Jamie, very much. And we are going to get a lot more to Taki as this um, podcast moves on. But before we get to the League Cup recap quickly or the match yesterday against Norwich, we need to start with our very own Joel Matip. Number 32, nominated for Player of the Month in the Premier League. And to commemorate that moment, we are not only asking for all of you in LFC America and all the uh, followers of American Scouser website and the podcast to go and vote for Joel Matip. We are also letting you know that we have created some really fun commemorative T-shirts that are available on the website for purchase, including shipping. Jump on there. There's three different uh, colors and versions. And uh, Joel Matip's going on an adventure, and I think he's coming home with the player of the month. But uh, please, we hope to see some of you. If you buy one of the T-shirts, take a picture of it, tag us. We'll make sure to share it. Share it with your OLSC groups. Uh, We'd really appreciate this because we're trying to grow uh, both the website and the shop. Enough self-promotion. Which one would you have? I'm I'm getting the long sleeve red and yellow one. Yeah, I, I like the long sleeve red and yellow. I think that's the uh, Matus special. He asked for the long sleeve. You know, you got to be slicker and sleeker than everybody else when you're the youngest and chicest Polish man on the block. Um, Come on, Gally. You know, I, you know, us skinny guys have to cover the limbs. You know, we do have to cover the limbs. These these guns these weren't pointy, these guns were elbows. made for yeah. They, is they there, were made is for there sleeves long enough for you, Jimmy? <laughs> no, I just I just rip a pair of trousers in half, mate. <laughs> so we are we are very appreciative of the uh, graphics that have been made for the site, and we plan to put out more and more content. And we're hoping uh, that you guys will pick it up, share it on social media, and if you have ideas for things you'd like to see us make available in the store, please use the like, shares, and comments. So let's move on to this match. As I said, enough self-promotion. We'll move on to, before we jump into the Norwich match, I do want to give you each a chance to uh, give us a quick take here on Sunday. It was a big moment. We talked about it a lot with Paul and Timuchin on Monday night. 
But Jamie, uh, let's start with you. What was your, you know, in a 60 second, what's your takeaway from Sunday, the big moment, the key story, what you took on? Gally, you know me. I love a good 60 seconds. I get paid by the second here. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, it was great. I, I had to wash all my clothes twice because it was covered in champagne. Unbelievable. Great. Like, what a brilliant day. Um, stressful, but you wouldn't have it any other way. To, to win it in that fashion was just absolutely box office. I mean, I love it. I love it for the entire squad, but Kelleher, you know, that, that was amazing absolutely amazing played really well in the 90 minutes and then tucked away his penalty like a a, a proven striker um uh, it was just all worthwhile when you see that last penalty sail off into the crowd not sure it's landed yet chris let's go to you next and uh when you when you walked out of that match you know a, a an extremely tight encounter you know i i argued with folks it was the best nil nil match i can remember in a real long time what's your takeaway from it both the performance and uh kind of the aftermath and what we've read and seen since well well i think initially um the tiago injury kind of put set everybody on edge i mean i i from very i'm i'm always the optimist when we're going into games you know, when I was on the podcast last week, I said 3-0. This is going to be a breeze. Um, and then I saw Thiago injured in the warm-up, and I just thought, oh, no, here we go. This isn't going to be our day. And it kind of, you know, it was it was a really, really good game. I mean, uh, I spoke with a couple of Chelsea friends, and, and we agreed. the best One of the best nil-nils we've ever seen over 90 minutes. Um, but I think, uh, you know, the referees in VAR... Just, yeah, I, I don't want to get into that again. But uh, for me, uh, all you have to do is go to the the uh, official LFC Knoxville Facebook page and you'll see a video of how I feel about that win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I think I called the first four penalties correct with one of the other guys from the, from the LFC. And he was like looking at me. And then we got all the way down. And in the video, I'd said to the guy taking the video, he's going to sky this. Like, not even just sky, he's going to sky it. It's going to be horrible. And I went over, and in the video, you can see us all standing like this. And as soon as he skied it, I'm actually being hugged. But if you look at the video, you can see me pointing at the camera. And then as soon as I let me go, I just go running over that camera, and I'm just screaming into that camera uh, like a madman. Um, I won't say what I said, because it was kind of colorful. And, uh, yeah, and, and this is a family show. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it, it, it was a big, big win for me. I think, I, I, you know, as being an older kid, an older kid, <laughs> uh, you know, remembering the, when the the League Cup actually meant something proper, mm -hmm. um, it still means that to me. It's the same with the FA Cup. They still have that that kind of magic. Cup competitions, I just love them. Um, and it's just nice for us to have it again and have that back on our perch. You know, we're no longer sharing the, the the amount of times one with City anymore, you know? In a similar way with the, the league thing and United sort of winning so many in a row, it's kind of been the same with the, the League Cup with City. So it's kind of nice to, to bring that back and see that number change, you know, at the AXA. And uh, yep. yeah, it's a nice little boost for us getting into the season. Or the rest of the season. Yeah, it, it, it really was. And, and, you know, you look at it, I, I, I forget the stat. I think it's... And it, it's skewed, of course, because City has won so many League Cups and so many leagues. But when you take into the account the two League Cups Chelsea has won in years that they've won the title, I think it's something like six of the last nine Premier League winners have been the team that's won the League Cup, which kind of makes sense because it kicks you on yeah. to actually start to play for something and, and moves your whole club and the motivation in the right direction. And I really believe that we're about to move into the Norwich game now. And I think that is just, it's so exciting that we're talking about a deeper cup run and another, domest another domestic cup. Yeah. And then we get to preview this weekend. And then on Monday, we're going to get the preview with Knutson and Bickler, you know, getting into the Champions League and moving into the quarterfinals. Yeah. So it's just so nice to be competing on four fronts and we deserve it. Before we get into it, I think uh, we'll have to let 
our good friend David Cosgrove jump in with the first comment here. Absolute <laughs> Irish overload. What a firm off of the lads we have. And the Irish uh, firm is strong. We, 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 yeah, firm, firm might be a little bit strong. And uh, we do appreciate you, though, Kazi. And obviously, it is a, probably a little too much Irish. But uh, that'll just make up for the fact that we gave the Turkish dictator the night hold off. Hold on, hold on. Um, There's never too much Irish. <laughs> there is never. never too much Irish. Maybe, so, maybe, maybe just in your coffee on a, on a Sunday morning, there might be a little too much Irish in that. <laughs> well, I will have to say when we showed up when we when we showed up to the pub on Sunday morning for the League Cup final, my wife was excited, and then a gentleman from Liverpool walked in with a coffee without a lid, and he handed it to the bartender. He came back to the table, started drinking it, and was reading off the booze that was in it and said, I told him to give me a surprise. And he was very, very happy. The bartender made it right. So we're going to jump right into the lineup here, guys. Um, We have it up on the screen. For those of you listening on the podcast only, we are talking right now about what Liverpool's lineup was yesterday afternoon. Um, There wasn't that much of a surprise for me. Seeing, you know, Allison back in net because Jurgen let that kind of slip. Um, I think I shared in the Discord channel that I had a little bit of a frustration uh, with Milner at defense. Didn't love the selection or the decision behind it. Chris, when you first saw this lineup yesterday, what was your first reaction? And what was your reaction specifically to my comment about Milner lining up in defense and maybe not slotting in somewhere in the midfield? give some guys a break yeah i um i was kind of surprised i mean i was surprised the only thing that surprised me was the milner thing um i mean it's actually a very very similar lineup to uh when we played norwich in the carabao cup um there's only a few changes here and there but um it's a very similar lineup um milner at right back i was kind of like well what's wrong with connor bradley um you know, I know putting Gomez in there was was gonna bring that out. Was was gonna make it difficult. You know, it was either gonna be Bradley or Trent or Milner. Um, I mean, I wasn't happy to see it, but I kind of thought when we played Norwich the last time that uh, Rashishka fella um, was really really strong for them on the left hand side, and I think that was maybe the thinking is is get a, an experienced head in there to deal with with that kind of guy. Um, because the likelihood is we could have been facing him, you know, um, because we weren't the no, they weren't going to put out a full strength side, you know, for all intents and purposes, Norwich want to put in a cup run. That's usually what happens with with lower league clubs, you know, even when they're in a, a relegation battle, a good cup run can can really spur you on. So I was surprised to see, you know, Smith put a weakened side out there, and um, yeah, that kind of played into our hands a little bit, um, and we'll get to that, but yeah. Uh, that's kind of my thinking on it. And Jamie, think, for, like, from your standpoint, when it came to this lineup, you know, and, and you can give us your thoughts on the defense and Milner in the back line, but I'd like you to focus kind of on that midfield position because I honestly believe we all thought that Minamino and, and Origi would get starts in this match after not starting in the, in the league cup final, especially Minamino not appearing. Um, what was your thought on the midfield and, you know, Henderson's inclusion and or, you know, Ox not playing up in the top three? Maybe? Well, I was definitely excited to see Jones uh, make make the yep. first 11. Um, I kind of thought that Jota was going to be the spark up front. Um, he wasn't necessarily, well, he wasn't because another guy absolutely stole the show. But um yeah, a little word on Milner. I think, just like Chris said, he he's the older experience. And, and to be honest, that back four, well, sorry, that back three um, is a bit, you know, deputized, even though Kanate's played a handful of games, Gomez has played a handful of games, and so is Samikas. But, yeah, like uh, like Chris said, older head at the back, older head in the middle with Hendo, whilst, you know, great opportunity for Ox and, uh, and, and good to see Jones in there. But I, I really did expect, Jada to be the spark, but um, whatever whatever Tacky had for breakfast, he, he was ready to go. Well, I say breakfast, it was a late kickoff on it, so <laughs> healthy lunch. Well, let's stay there. Let's stay there on Jones for a second. So, 
Uh, I agreed with you. I thought Jones was a shoe. And if you had asked me who the first name on the team sheet, I would have thought it would have been, honestly, it would have been Oxley Chamberlain, Curtis Jones, Taki Minamino. Because if you, you know, you've played big minutes throughout the year, you expect those guys to get minutes in a game like this or a match like this. And then they didn't perform or have to play on the weekend. As far as Milner goes, I, again, I know I shared this in the Discord channel. My frustration with that was that I felt that if you were going to let Nico leave on loan, which I think was a smart decision for both the player and the club, you have to do that with the idea that Connor Bradley is good enough to start a League Cup game against Norwich at home when they do start a week inside. And for me, it showed a little bit of that, you know, insecurity about playing the kid. And I understand he's played kids at all different times, uh, but I just have seen a lot from Bradley. So I would have liked to have seen him given that shot. And I surely would have liked to have seen him find his way on the pitch if he wasn't going to get his opportunity to play with the under 19s in their Euro affair that they had. So when he wasn't put in that squad, I really would have liked to have seen him play. And I think Henderson could have used a little bit more rest because he has seemed a little leggy recently in, in different encounters. But when we kind of flip it around to Jones, I thought Jones was very bright and he had some great moments in the first half. Um, he was on all pieces and sides of the ball, including one of those moments that we are about to see here. And we'll blame StreamYard for their, a little bit of the lag that we're seeing on our video, but this is something new that we're doing here with American Scouser. We're going to try to bring live video to you guys. Um, but Jones is amazing curler early on in the match, almost finds the top corner. Uh, Jamie, you quickly reminded us that he's just trying to recreate the Everton moment at each and every opportunity that he can. So who can fault him, man? I mean, as soon as he grabs that ball, he, he's cutting inside. He knows what he's doing. He wants it. He, he, that's all he wants. He wants that goal again and again and again. I think is it is it a case of maybe you know, Klopp sees that weakness in Norwich, where there's that thing where he's able to cut inside. He sees that gap, and he knows Curtis likes to cut inside and hit it with his right foot in the top corner. You know, um, so I, I think maybe that's why he plays. You know, he played against them in the Carabao Cup. Uh, I'm not sure if he played against them in the league, but the, there's the likelihood that if there's a pocket there, then maybe he he's going to put him in there to play that. It's definitely something that we're, we we level at, at Liverpool midfielders a lot. Like, you're not, you're not taking enough shots or whatever, yeah. you know. So, I'm all right with it. Yeah, I'm all right I, with it when I they go in. <laughs> yeah, I, I like him a lot better when they go in. And and again, he had a he had a good first half, but he had a he had a Curtis Jones first half. He almost yeah. scored a world 50, class 50. goal. He he turned the ball over three or four times. The two or three times in the first half we were put under pressure were each times that Curtis Jones either stood on top of a ball or tried to make a move that his body just isn't ready for yet. And I, I think I forget who I saw it. It was uh, a comment about self-confidence and, and perseverance. And it was basically like if Nabi Keita had half of Curtis Jones's overconfidence, he'd be the Nabi Keita that we've all thought was coming from the Bundesliga. <laughs> and if Curtis Jones just realized once or twice, it's okay to take a step back and go two, two steps slower, you know, he, he'd actually give us some of the things that Nabby, they're almost like the perfect player if we meshed them together, um, the Nabby Jones. But we, I digress. So we'll, we'll move on here to, let's be honest, well, the man of the match. Well, hold on, hold on. Wait a second. Maybe you're onto something there, Gally, before we jump on too quick. Maybe his proximity to Tiago and Nabby is making him a wee bit uh, injury prone because didn't he get subbed off immediately as well? Second half, precaution, <laughs> precautionary sub. It is kind of a scary thought. I, I question whether it was as much a precautionary don't do sub. Don't, don't, don't put that stuff out into the universe, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, Jamie, you didn't need that. I, I wonder if it wasn't as much a precautionary sub as it was a precautionary tactic to take the only guy off the pitch who gave Norwich a chance to score. And <laughs> it sounded like a good idea to get Harvey on the pitch. So, yeah. Um, but as we, as we kind of move over to arguably, probably, I don't even think it's an argument, right? The man of the match, maybe the man of the hour, the man of the Liverpool Cup season on the domestic side. Rich uh, Kramer's favorite player. 
our very own Taki Minamino, and we will get to Rich. Don't you kid yourself? Um, <laughs> but but honestly, this this first goal um, from Taki, he actually starts to play early yep. on. There's yep. movement. He makes the runs. It's a deep lying run late, and I know it's choppy, but this first touch is yep. class. But yes. the finish is even better than the touch this, because he sets it. it up and waits for that keeper to make the move and he slots it home. And I, I, I genuinely believe that we're starting to see that player that we saw in those couple legs against Leipzig or I, I'm sorry, against uh, Salzburg in the champions league that year uh, prior to the purchase. And we all have our reasons for why it's taken a long time, whether it's the language barrier coming during a pandemic, not meeting his teammates, the, the the successful yet unsuccessful loan because of the injury, right? Let's focus on what we see from Taki in the 2021-22 campaign. Let's focus on this campaign. Um, Chris, let's start with you. The first goal, where you feel he fits in our, you know, in this side and the attributes that led to that first goal yesterday. Um, I think, you know, I, we were chatting in the, in the Discord about Minamino and, and one of the things I, I had always sort of known about him when he came to us and I was checking him out and, and watching videos and everything else was um, most of his um, impact for Salzburg was from the right side, from the right side of the midfield area, actually. So more of a winger kind of thing um, or a traditional style winger in that old four four two sort of formation. And um I think that's kind of hindered him because he's he's had to be play second fiddle to mo. Everybody's playing second fiddle to mo on that right hand side. So um you know he's been tried out on the left, he's been tried out through the middle and you know he hasn't quite found himself really yet. Um but those few times he's got to play on the right hand side, he's looked phenomenal. He's looked like the tacky we saw for Salzburg. And I, and I think maybe just more the understanding. I mean, everybody talks about the language barrier with the teammates. That's that's all well and good, but the tactics and everything are coming from the manager uh, and the, the and coaches. And he speaks German, yeah. And he speaks German. Yeah. And they speak German. So you can see, you know, you can actually see his work on the pitch. Um, you can see it, it's starting to improve. When he first got here, his press, it still leaves a lot to be desired. But it's 100 times better than it was when he first got here. Um, and you can see that goal. He doesn't get that goal if he doesn't give Devok the shout. Because if you look at it, he, Origi's got his back at the Minamino when that ball comes in from Costas. So in order for him to do that that quickly, he has to get the shout from Minamino. Now, you might not see it in the video because it's audible, you know, but he has to have gotten that shout for Origi to know he's there, unless Origi just knew somebody was going to be there. What well, my um, my favorite bit is watch him, watch him. His hand goes yeah. up. All, his hand goes up immediately, right there. Like he, <laughs> he's the in that space. He's in that space. He wants it. Like he he knows he's he's made the move. He started the move, but he hasn't sat back and admired his own handiwork. He's exactly. pressed on and moved into that back stick position. Yeah. A better cross, and and we're not talking about Devok feeding it to him because I I. I the way his finishing was there, he probably just volleys that into the top postage stamp too. But yeah. Chris is absolutely right. He, he he has to either either Div maybe sees him out the corner of his eye and Taki doesn't ask for it. Who knows? But I I, I don't know. Maybe Taki does ask for it. But um, it looks like Divock's about to cock that leg and do the the Bobby Firmino back heel. Um, but instead, just just yeah, you know, feeds it off to him. And what a finish! You like you said, Gally. Bickler would probably let you know that Divac probably just like heard some girl in the crowd talk about like <laughs> ice cream sundaes or something and just took a gander over, forgot he was in a football match, ball ran to Taki, and then he banged it into the net. But I do, I will say, I love the idea and the fact the way this team rallies around this young kid. And I know he's not a young kid, he's 27 years old, he's not 22 or 23. We bought a more seasoned veteran. I believe we bought a squad player. I don't think when they bought him from Salzburg, 
they thought they were buying Firmino's replacement. I think they thought they were buying maybe a diamond in the rough, but a really good fifth, sixth, seventh option at a great club. And we're going to get to his numbers on the on the bigger picture and what they mean to this, you know, to this specific Liverpool squad and where he fits. Um, but we, we move on from the goal. So we take the lead. It's 1-0. We continue to press on. And there's a few more opportunities. And then quickly, about eight minutes later, we have another opportunity for this. Yeah. I mean, Chris, talk us and through it, comes, it man. Yeah. yeah, it comes off a beautiful corner. Oh, yeah. Speaking on the corner, we'll just have to touch on Costas, if we will. That guy Absolutely. has a wand of a left foot. Absolute yep. wand of a left foot. Uh, I've never seen a guy strike a dead ball so consistently as him. Mm-hmm. But that's a beautiful ball and an absolutely stunning finish outside of the boot and just to catch the inside of the post. Just yeah. Another another one touch, another one touch bang off the laces. Like this yep. touch maybe catches his touch a little heavy, gets a little too far in front of him. But because Kanate's in the middle there, commanding three Norwich players to mark mark him, Taki's again free at the back stick, and, and that that kind of awkward touch. Is a few yards ahead of him too much, but still has enough time because Kanate, the beast, is in the middle there with three men marking him and absolute stormer of a finish. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. And I, I, I think, you know, a great point uh, by Chris talking about, uh, you know, Costas on the corners, on the set pieces, on his deliveries from open play. I mean, his left foot is genuinely a wand. And the funny part is he can cut back in on the right and make a good cross. Um, yeah. I genuinely believe in a pinch he could fill in on either side of the defense if he had to. Uh, but really, these these set pieces, they're, they are at the level. You know, um, you know, De Bruyne at his prime with City when he was playing really well off the set pieces. You know, it, it, is, it is up there right now with, you know, James Ward-Prowse's you know, uh, deliveries on set pieces for Southampton, which you could argue are as good as anyone in Europe for the Here's last the few years. And this is a backup. As a kid, all my home, I, all the way through me playing football, up until I got too old to do it, the one thing every coach would drum into your head, that corner has to beat the first post. Every time. That's what yeah. it is. In all the corners I've seen Costas take, I've only seen one that didn't get past the first post. Yeah. Like that's that's well, that's the only one I can remember. But it is possible up up for debate that he's a better deliverer than any, anyone on our team with the left foot. I'm sorry, Robbo, but it's up I, for I, debate. Hey, I, that's I how good he is. Level, I would put him level with Trent for that. Yeah, yeah I, I'd argue. I'd argue on a corner. I'd rather Costas yeah. taking the corner even than yeah. Trent for sure. So here's Trent a random question. Here's a random question. Why is a left foot? always referred to as a wand, but never a right foot. All wizards it's so rare. Because wizards, wizards, wizards are sketchy, mysterious magicians. Yeah. Lefties. People back in, that back in lefties. the day, they used to burn lefties as being witches. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, I have, a, I have a, a family of cousins, right? All three of them are lefties. Both their parents are righties. And have terrible handwriting. So what it lets you yeah. know, their parents went to Catholic school and they yeah. were forced to write right-handed because the left hand was the way of the devil. Uh, you see, so they were no, this genuinely is, left. This is, this is the fact that there's too much Irish in here because that happened to my cousin as well. And he used to get his wrists slapped with a wooden yeah. ruler because he was writing lefties. Can you look? There's way too much Irish going on here. Let's move on before it breaks into <laughs> there absolute is. Yeah, BJ, BJ's actually telling us that we might be Hold right. On. Which is even crazier because there's three Irishmen coming up with a stupid story and someone's oh, telling them that it's true. Quick, quick, fast forward, fast forward. We all know the truth. Let's sing a song about it. <laughs> so, um, a sad, a sad, Irish. Irish, a sad Irish song. Oh, I've only oh. got a left foot. Oh, so we, we will digress there away from this. Before we before we lose any more listeners and or viewers and followers on this podcast, we will move back to the match. So we get to halftime. Yes. We take the lead. We're up 
and Jones comes off, Elliott comes in, um, which I think might have been actually kind of a tactical substitution. I think they both would have started this match had Harvey not played. And, you know, again, we mentioned Tiago's unfortunate injury that allowed Harvey to be in the squad. This is how deep we are now that Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones and Gomez can't make a squad for a League Cup final. Um, For all of you that still want to complain about the spending and the depth of this squad, another podcast, another topic. But we substitute there. We were a little lackluster out of the break, in my opinion. I thought we should have went for the dagger, you know, really went for that third goal early. Uh, Didn't come. We make more substitutions with Morton on for Hendo in around the 60th minute. And then the dreaded Norwich goal. Jamie, talk us through the lead up to the goal, what you saw from it, you know, what frustrated you about it, you know, how do you think it happened? Because it, to me, it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. Well, we gave the ball away, didn't we? Who was it? Um, who, who let the ball slip? A bad pass out the back. It was, um, was it Millie? No. Not about Millie? I think it was Millie, um, actually. You know, there's a few people to blame here. You can you can blame the bad pass, but everybody just stood off, every, and it was almost as if Kanate kind of got right in Ali's way, like in his line of sight. But you know, it was kind of coming, wasn't it? Like like again, we were always chatting in the Discord. Our Discord was popping off during that game, um, and it kind of was coming. Like we, I don't know if we sat back or, or you know norch had a, a particularly bright spell they, they they wanted to give it a go they only had 1200 fans there that you know it was a late kickoff but um they were giving it a go they wanted to make a cup tie out of it like one word complacency yeah yeah, yeah. that's what, and i think it was just maybe a case of you know it was our second string as, as such Maybe there was a little bit of, oh, we've got this easy. They're not really hitting us with anything because apart from the, the Pookie chance in the first half and and maybe the Josh Sargent um, effort in the yeah. second half, um, they really didn't have anything for us at all. Um, and I think maybe just in the players' heads, they were just like, we're just going to see this out. This is easy. They were stepping off, stepping off. And I think they were expecting the next man to make that step. You know, and nobody made it. And they got the Gomez, and Gomez really should have went to the man. He stood off, and you know he did did, did try his luck. And I think you know Ali was was unsighted and saw it late, and there you have it. But apart from that, they really never showed us anything. Yeah, I'm with you there. I I, I do feel that they 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 came to make it a cup tie. Yeah, they put out a lineup that was, you know half strong, a few substitutions, but then really just kind of laid down. And then when they got the goal, they were like, hey, maybe we can kick this on now and find a way to penalties. But they never actually looked like they were actually giving it a real go. Now, that might be Dean Smith being a realist and knowing for their next five matches will determine whether or not they play another season in the championship and then come back up for one more year and then go back to the championship and then probably come back up for one more year and go back to the championship. But um, but they can have that yo-yo. We don't have to worry about that yo-yo. But let's talk a little bit about our man of the match and go a little deeper into the numbers, a little deeper into our friend Taki and, uh, you know, some stats and images that I just felt were uh, outstanding. It's not coming up here on my screen, so I'll remove that. I saw it. Yeah, you guys had it up. It is there. Yeah. I didn't have it. Sorry about that. There we go. Um, it's up in StreamYard. So it, it always makes us happy anytime we can use a stat that, you know, just brings a smile to your face. Like the fact that Taki, the hated by most in Discord or just rich in Timuchin at times, is out for Lionel Messi. Um, you know, just that guy. That little Argentine that believes he's some type of talent of some and sort. He's, and he's playing uh, in a farmer league? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. He's, he's playing in a lesser league, playing against lesser competition. I'd argue Taki's goals at the lower level of the League Cup at times are as competitive as some of the goals that Messi has scored for PSG. Um, and I think Agreed. 
he's actually missed four penalties this year as well, which is just comical in itself. Um, but to Taki's point, you know, he's averaging a goal here every 99 minutes played that's in this man. calendar year or in this season. And that's really, really impressive to the point that it puts him at one of the highest goal returns in all of Europe for anyone with more than five goals. So what do we actually make of these numbers? Are, is it the competition, Chris, or is it a player finding himself at a club finding a role? I think it's very much the, the, the latter. Um, you know, we all know that we are a team that work on st statistics. Uh, we have, you know, people working day and night to find these players. You know, they're looking at numbers all the time and they're looking at the return they get from these players. And Takamuni Mino was one of those players. And he was someone we've been watching for a while. I want to just add, I think the fact that he was Japanese really helped um, in, in pushing to sign the guy, which opened up a whole new market for us, um, you know, commercially uh, for the club. It was a, it's a big market to get into, you know. So um, I think with, with Taki, you know, it's, it's starting to, to pay off. You know, they're like, well, we can put this guy into these games and he's going to get a goal because the numbers prove that he will do that. And lo and behold, the numbers are starting to prove that he does that, you know? And he's, is he going to become one of those clutch players in the way Origi is? You know? Um, I think so. I think that, you know, you're right. He, he was bought for that, that purpose, to, to be a squad filler, to have a bit more depth uh, and a bit more quality on the bench. Uh, and and for those to so that we can make these runs at four different competitions, you know, to to think that we could put out a second string like that so late in a competition, you know, I know it's not super late, but it's further than we've got in a while, you know, um, as far as the FA Cup goes. So, um, yeah, I think he he's going to be in two or three years' time, you know, one of those players that we talk about, like we do. Big D right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think it showed a lot when you know, like, uh, like Jordan done it with Callagher. You know, made all the focus on him, put him out in yeah. front of the cameras, and they done that to Packy as well with the trophy. Yeah. You know, made him go out in front of the the, well, he, the traveling fans. He like, got them there. Absolutely, uh, that's exactly the point. Yeah, and that's what Klopp said to that point. He's like, he's 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 got us to the quarterfinals. He he got us through the league cup so many times like like he's done amazingly well and i think you know like we've we've all joked about here like rich's point of view rich one of our guys at american scouser and, and in the discord as well the reason why he doesn't like him i'm not really sure but what what his point is it, it was that he just doesn't like watching him maybe he's too timid or or, or whatever but you know the discussion could rage on about tacky's personal traits but i think what what some may perceive as a weakness for Taki, I think, is actually his strengths. I think he quietly gets about his business, and it's it's been noted. And I've always said this: like he's apparently a fantastic guy on the training pitch, gives his effort. And James Milner's come out and said this recently as well. Jurgen Klopp said it loads of times too. He's a fantastic trainer. He just gets his head down, goes about his business. Like that's him all the time. Like nothing phases him. Yes, he's timid. Yes, he's understated. But ah, uh, cheers, Daz. I did have a wee shave. Don't you worry. The, the, the five o'clock shadow's coming back nice and thick. Uh, don't you worry. But uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think Taggy's brilliant. And, I, and like I said, I think what many could perceive as his his weaknesses, he he actually turns them around and and, and makes them his strengths. Makes them what what's so determined about the lad. Like 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 his first goal. You know, he starts off that move and and. And chases after it gets into the position. Like he he's determined, he's he's smart. And like Chris again said, he, he definitely operates a bit better on the right. I think we we originally thought that he was going to be a bit of a master key. He could play left, middle, right, whatever. But Chris is absolutely right. He definitely performs better out there. Yeah, I think he definitely plays better either on the right or in like a in the hole behind a center forward. You know, I think I think if you had a Holland like striker, if you had a point forward striker, you could drop him behind him in the number 10 role. And I think you'd see him flourish because he'd naturally just kind of gravitate out towards the right and cut back in and, and make those sweeping runs. I think 
it's not the style we play. We've been through that enough on this podcast to uh, understand we're not going to play with a number 10 in the hole underneath the striker. It's not what Jurgen Klopp does. He hasn't done it as long as he has been a top flight manager. And, well, he is the top flight of managers. So um, we won't argue with his 4-3-3 tactics or how he sets us up. He sets us up to win trophies, which segues us nicely to the draw to the next trophy we're going to win. So the draw came out today. Uh, prior to the Everton um, match, you could call it against Borum Wood, if that's what you would refer to it. I thought Borum Wood should be proud that they were able yeah. to take that match as long as they did nil-nil. Um, but Everton advances. And with that, we come to the draw of the quarterfinals. As we mentioned, we haven't made a run this deep in the FA Cup uh, in all of Jurgen Klopp's tenure. So, Chris, let's start with you. When you first saw this draw, not even focused on Liverpool yet, just the draw in general, what were your thoughts? Uh, I was hoping to see City and Chelsea drawn together, but I think it's a good draw. It's a good even kind of draw, if that makes sense. You know, um, I, I think, I, I don't think even, I mean, obviously Forrest and Huddersfield are lower league teams, you know, and, and Middlesbrough are obviously lower. Um, but, you know, Middlesbrough have also put out United and Spurs. Um, Southampton and City, I think that's a testy one for City, especially away at Southampton. They, you know, Southampton have had good, good results against them this season, and I think they'll fancy their chances. Um, I don't know if Pep will... I mean, here's the thing. Can Pep field a weakened squad? <laughs> Is there any such thing as a weak squad with City? Um, but I think if he's going to play players that maybe don't play as much, I think that plays into Southampton's hands. They, they seem to be putting a half-decent season together now. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a good draw. Crystal Palace, Everton. I think Palace beat Everton. I think Palace are on a, a bit of a little run at the minute. Um, they're playing pretty well. Everton aren't. Um, I was, I was. Everton needed to come out tonight and absolutely blow those kids off the, off the, off the park, and they didn't do it. They didn't even come close to doing it. Um, you know, their keeper had a good game, and yeah, it was mainly Everton, but they did nothing with it. You know, I, I was kind of falling asleep halfway through the game. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I fancy Palace, and then for us, Forest or Huddersfield. Um, I mean, we, we were talking in the Discord before. We haven't played Forest since 1999. That surprises me. I thought we'd play them more recent, and then it turns out it was Notts County. Um, so maybe I'm getting it mixed up or the Mandela effect has kicked in. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I would I would like to play Forest. You know, we hit Nottingham Forest. That's um, it. Uh, we've played Huddersfield, and, you know, Forest have to get past Huddersfield first. So I, I fancy us go through there. I don't think either team has much to to offer us at this point. Jamie, how about you? Um, the draw on it's in general, and your thoughts on you know Huddersfield, Nottingham Forest as the uh, next round match. Yeah, I I wanted Nottingham Forest last night when we were talking about it, but um, just because you know, let's avoid Chelsea City. Middlesbrough too, because um, you know we had that famous uh, massive penalty shootout with them in in the League Cup. I was actually at that game. That was one of the trivia questions, wasn't it, last week, Chris? Um, uh, yes. I yep. Think so. Yeah, I was there. Yep, that was, was. Uh, that wasn't great for the heart. I was sitting in the cop right in front of the penalties, and I probably lost my voice even before that started. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather play Nottingham Forest because. I mean, like like Chris said, I thought we played them not too long ago as well. I know we played Huddersfield recently as well, but 1999, it does seem like, well, yeah, mad. Let's uh, we famously had a, a massive rivalry with with them in, in the Brian Clough era, you know. Um, so yeah. let's well, let's we, bring we that also, back. Yeah, well, we also have that fateful day in the semi final of the FA Cup uh, for us toward our our opponents at Hillsborough. So, Absolutely. you know, it's, 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 it's always sort of a special time when we get together. Um, yeah. I know that, you know, we may fun with, uh, oh, we hate Nottingham Forest and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I have to say, in the, in the Forest fans and, and the aftermath, um, they were superb. 
They are, and they are. They're fantastic fans. They're they're European, uh, you champions. know, champions. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it was them and us in the seventies. Absolutely. Uh, Palace and Alan Walnut shares with us here. Palace, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Southampton to the semis for me. So he's calling for the upset. I will say, uh, Chris mentioned earlier how Southampton has had good results. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they are the only Premier League side to play Manchester City three times in 2020, in 2021, 2022, and not concede a goal. Yeah. So they have held them scoreless in both of the draws. So when we get to the end of the year and we hold up that trophy and has the red ribbons on it, we might not only look at Virgil van Dyke and the other Southampton players in our side and thank them. We will thank them for taking four points off England's most expensive side as well. And David Leslie actually chimes in here with a comment too, saying, you know, Southampton can be a thorn in Man City's skin at times. And they they will be hard to beat. And I, I actually I actually think he's right. I, I think that they set up perfectly. Um, Hassan Hulgul isn't afraid to attack a top side, which is why he'll lose nine mil and also take a one nil skin off a big opponent. And I think it's why he is earmarked to have a bigger job and a bigger club uh, very soon. Um, I genuinely believe he's one of the managers that are up for the next few big jobs that come up in Europe because I think he's done an amazing job. They continue to sell players, and yeah. they're firmly in the top half of the table, and there were a lot of people calling for them to be one of the clubs to be relegated when they sold Danny Ings and didn't the, buy a striker. For the last three seasons, at the start of the season, every pundit named Southampton to go down. And the first yep. two months... They sit down there in the relegation places. They never start well. And then by the time we get to this point in the year, they're sitting around mid-table. If he can get his first couple of weeks going properly with that team, they could push a little bit higher and they could be battling the likes of West Ham and that to, to push into those European places. I mean, they, they play some half-decent football and they've proved that by, by their results against City. If, if, if I were them right now, I would be looking at this opportunity as a way to find my way into the Europa League next year because they are, you know, three really good performances away. And, and in some ways, I hope they get a shot just so their fans even. And, and this is a great, actually, to Daz's point here, uh, Darren O'Connor shared, um, it's a shame the semis are played at Wembley. I always thought it yeah. takes away from the final. And I, I'll actually agree with that. I think a day at Wembley is such a big moment. I remember when the Watford fans, I remember when Brighton had their day to lose 6-1. to one, And I have a few Brighton fans, uh, friends here in Massachusetts. And they still talk about losing 6-1 to one at the in the FA Cup final or the League Cup final of the city. And the first thing they remind me is, is we were up one nothing four minutes in. And that's all <laughs> I'll ever remember. Because they yeah. had those seven minutes where they thought they were going to win that yeah. cup final at Wembley. Um, and, you know, for the Southampton supporters, they probably deserve it because that last trip was disgusting. It is bad when you play in a final and lose to United. It is even worse when you have to see Jesse Lingard celebrate in oh. front of your supporters. Um, you know, beans, beans, beans all over the place that day. He was as disgusting as he ever is. Uh, but before we jump off the FA Cup discussion, I want to take a quick look here at, you know, Huddersfield and Forest and what it means to us. So what would you guys say, because uh, this, this will be a tricky time for us. This, this match will mean that I believe the United game will have to be rescheduled. Uh, and that fixture being uh, rearranged will probably make it a midweek fixture which is always more difficult when you're on short rest against such an emotional rival like that at home. Um, it's a good thing they stink. Uh, but, but by then we'll be looking at, you know, the real run in here. So when it comes to this quarterfinal match, knowing you're playing a lower level side, are you rotating again? Or does that need to be the strongest 11 for that day? And we'll worry about the Premier League matches on each side of it. Because for me, we're in a, if we want to win them all, we basically have to win them all. As much as I hate the United game, 
getting put to midweek for the fans point of view and and for you know a lot of people who are, are traveling over there and you know got their 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 heart set on seeing the united game and it being changed um I don't think we're going to have a problem getting up for that game midweek. We're just going to treat it like uh, another night under the lights at Anfield, um, and 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 we're going to go after them. You know, I don't think there's any problems to 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 get motivated for that game. Yeah, um, I think either way for them. I, I think for us, it doesn't really matter. Um, I, I think we're covered on both sides. I think either side we put out could easily beat either of those teams. Uh, what we have to take into account is is their running. You know, they're in the championship, and what a lot of people don't know about the championship, there's 24 teams in the championship. Uh, they have a long, hard season, and they're tough games. Yep. And a lot of those, t- you know, there's a lot of those pitches you'll play on are like farmer's fields, and it's grueling on the legs, and it's hard. And, you know, you've got Huddersfield are sitting third in the championship at the minute. So they're pushing for automatic promotion. You know, they'll they'll probably take one of those um one of those berths if they don't get automatic. But you've also got Forrest, who are three points behind Luton in sixth. Um and so they're also fighting for that that promotion spot. So yeah, I mean, they're gonna have that in their head. And you know, two, three weeks from now, they're gonna have games that have been rescheduled. Um I'm looking at it here. Uh Huddersfield have actually played more games than the rest of them. So, you know, they've played 35. Forrest have played 33. So they obviously have games to catch up on. Um, and they've already got 35 games on their legs. So, you know, they're, they're going to be thinking, do we want the cup run or do we want to get promoted? What's more valuable? So, you know, it's kind of like the Dean Smith thing. It's different for him. He's fighting relegation. Uh, you know, and they, they need that kind of boost. Um, but for, for these champion, championship guys, you know, the money they'll get coming into the Premier League far eclipses the few hundred thousand quid they'll get for their FA Cup semi-final. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we remember that that oh, year that Wigan made the run, the the, yeah. the year Wigan made the run to the FA Cup and won it and yeah. qualified for Europe, but yeah. didn't win promotion. Yeah, they almost went down to League One because they were forced to play in the Europa League and compete in the Championship. And to your point, Chris. They just couldn't do it because they didn't have yeah. the squad of the size. So I wouldn't be surprised to see either Forrest or Huddersfield rotate a little bit if yeah. they are in those playoff promotion spots. Because, you know, I joked earlier in the Discord channel when someone said, which club would you rather? I said, I will take the club that starts Danny Ward at striker for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> you know, who is Huddersfield Town? And the fact yeah. that, you know, Danny Ward is still playing football is probably a surprise to me and Danny Ward's mom um, because my thought was by now Danny Ward was probably living in mom's basement um, and probably working at like the pump and go down the street. Uh, but uh, I digress again. Uh, Gally, can I just say pump, pump and go means something different back in the day. <laughs> yes, even better. That's what I need. It, 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 uh, it's a uh, gas brand it's a happy here ending. in the Northeast. Belter. Oh, even, belter even, is. even. Well, then I'll tell you what. If Danny Ward was working in one of those, I would he actually would be, be making more money <laughs> than where I expected he was working. Uh, so, I don't know. Would you get the UK and see what a pump angle is? <laughs> <laughs> get there eventually. You might, you might um, change your mind. <laughs> it's going to change. It's going to the. Uh, this pump took and a, leave. Quick, <laughs> a quick left-hand turn as we skid it towards the accident sign on the side of the road, I think, for this podcast. So we got a the few minutes left, guys. Let's talk uh, Saturday lunchtime here in the United States, you know, here on the East Coast. Uh, 5.30 kickoff over in the U.K., we get our first opportunity at revenge on the season to a side who actually took three points from us in the league. West Ham comes to town. Um, what are you expecting from the lineup, Chris? What are you expecting uh, from a performance on behalf of our Reds? Uh, full steam ahead. I think he'll put the, the strongest team possible, and he'll want to put this game too bad. He, um, one thing we know about Jurgen Klopp is he doesn't forget 
And, you know, especially he, he hates to lose. Like most of us. I mean, I despise losing. But I don't think anybody hates losing more than that man. And he will pinpoint the places where he's lost and he'll want to rectify and and fix those things because he takes them personally. I think, you know, he'll be like, you know, okay, the team didn't do whatever or they did everything right and nothing happened. Okay, that's my fault. So I, I honestly think it's going to be the strongest team possible. I think um, I think we're going to see Mane on the left again, back out onto the left. And I think I think Jotto will start through the middle with, with Mo obviously on the right. Midfield will be, I'm going to say, um, I think Hendo gets a rest because he played on Wednesday. Um, so I'm going to say Fabinho, Harvey, and maybe Naby. And then the back four, as it usually is, with our man Joel. Don't forget to get your t-shirt. And, uh, and Ali back in goal. Yeah, I think that's that's fine with me, Ali. I think, um, you know, that's that's a decent midfield, even with young Harvey in there. Um, Naby and Fab are, are, you know, Naby's been getting involved a bit more recently, like getting a bit more physical, so it's good to see. Um, Diaz off the bench, I think, is going to be an, another thing we're going to we're going to be licking our lips at. Um, you know, so it's always difficult, like we always say, when you're you're trying to pick the the same eleven as Jurgen Klopp. But uh, definitely want to give a few shout outs because I know a few few fans are heading over to the West Ham game. Couple of Irish lads, uh, Daryl O'Neill and his son, are going over to the West Ham game, and Megan's already over there. She's already been down to London. She's been to the Norwich game, and uh, she she actually bumped into Missy Bo Kearns and seen her, and she was injured, and she's not going to be featuring at the weekend. So uh, we we at least know that uh, that part of the lineup for the ladies team. But um, yeah, wish wish all the 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 traveling Reds uh, the best of luck and and bring back three points. Well, while we're living vicariously through our uh, American Scouser admin and friend correspondent overseas, Megan, um, let's not cut her short. She not only made it to Wembley for the final and saw them win, saw them win yesterday. She was in London and saw the women on, or she was in Liverpool, I'm sorry, and saw the women as well this weekend. She's going back to the women's match and she will be at the West Ham match and let's not cut her short. She is going to the Inter Milan match next week as well. So for all of you out there that believe you have made a Liverpool pilgrimage, she is going to five matches in, I believe, 12 days and deserves full credit for not only pulling off the hotels and the trips and all the COVID tests it takes to get there and back, but actually the tickets that it takes to actually secure on that trip. Can but more say, importantly uh, than any of it, honestly, the fish and chips lady remembered her today and she told all of us that, which maybe made me more jealous than anything because I love traveling back to a city I've been only once or twice and having someone remember me, which with how much I talk and act, it makes sense why they remember me. It's usually not a good thing. I'm sure this woman actually liked Megan. Most people remember me because, well, I'm gal. So what were you going to add there, Chris? Can I, can I just say congratulations to Megan for being able to afford to do all that? <laughs> fair play fair play to you. Yeah, I don't think I I'd Megan come back. Credit. If, if, I, if I was being completely honest, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd just pump and go. <laughs> <laughs> might, might, be, might, might just be the oh. way to end this, this entire podcast, and I'm pretty sure we know what the name of it is. Um, so, Jamie... <laughs> As we pump and go, score for tomorrow. Um, or Saturday, let's, sorry. Let's, uh, yeah, Saturday, 12.30 for me in North Carolina. So um, I'll be going to my local um, hangar and watching it with all the mental reds there. But, um, yeah, let's I – I reckon we pump them 2-0. <laughs> Chris? Uh, yeah, definitely pump and go 3-1. Yeah, I, I, you, you you stole my three one, so um, I guess I'll, I'll I'll assume that Antonio doesn't score the dirty, disgusting goal that might happen. So I'll go three nil, and uh, we keep the clean sheet. I think Virgil having uh, the midweek match off was huge. Um, David Leslie says Ambassador Meg 
with the yeah. beer mug. If, Cheers if, up. If, if you wanted any proof that this is the most Irish that American Scousers ever got, Galley's answer to the score, he wouldn't go the same as me. This is the thing. <laughs> we... <laughs> <laughs> We love each other, really. That but might always be, that, that, that might, that it's always there. The we, we love a good Irish fight. That might be the fight most amongst Irish each other. Yeah. All time. Yes, as we, as we, we haven't talked over each other once the entire hour until we're wrapping up and all three of us decided to give a sentence at once. So, <laughs> to everyone listening today, thank you. Thank you for following our podcast. Thank you for checking out our articles. Thank you for following all of Megan's amazing trips and photos on Instagram. Like us on Twitter. Join our Discord channel. If you need the invites, leave comments in any of our posts, uh, requests, or send us a message if you have ideas for content, ways we can help. And if you want to buy a t-shirt. And if you don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. They are Joel Matip t-shirts. They should be worn by everyone. Shared on social media. Check us out at AmericanScouser.com. We'll see you guys Monday night and up the reds. I'm going on an adventure. <laughs> You'll never pump alone. <laughs>